Welcome to the Institute's Leading Edge, a show dedicated to helping the automotive aftermarket service industry. Covering topics suggested by you, the listener, we dive into what's important, getting you what you need to succeed. Here's what's coming up. You know, we were seeing probably five to seven, sometimes even 10% growth month after month, um, being a new shop and really kind of pushing our marketing and probably took us three weeks to really be able to kind of get back on track. But it was scary there for a minute, 60 to 80 phone calls a day down to, you know, a handful of phone calls a day there for a little bit. When you see that rapid of a change, it's just amazing how quickly that affects your business. And, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at your account and you're going, man, you know, one more payroll and we're in a lot of trouble here. Know your numbers. If you want to succeed in this, uh, your numbers is, is, is what's going to guide you. If you know what they are, you can make and adapt to any any situation, I would think, without blaming somebody else, so to speak. Oh, it's the economy or it's this. No, it's, it's all you. you. You're in control of it. We need your help. By submitting questions or topics to institute at ifrave.com, we can continue to cover things that are relevant to you. But for now, we've collected a panel of experts to get you serious results. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Today, we've got quite the topic to cover. We're going to be talking about the future of auto repair, something that is terrifying and exciting all in one. Uh, on our panel today, we've got Ed from Coppa Mechanic and Jonathan from Eurocar South End. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this podcast. We've Again, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, before we do, if you guys out there who are listening, here's something that inspires you or you learn something new. Make sure to like this video, share it on other pages, and follow our page to keep up to date when we post some new content. Uh, and before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to our partners in a better industry, Worldpack, who's been doing a phenomenal job of spreading education in the industry, and Advanced Local, who works really well with um, geofencing and SEO for your website. You guys should go check them out. And no, neither of those are sponsorships. We just really like these people and what they do for the industry. Um, Again, I want to remind those who are listening, you can comment with any questions or thoughts on this topic, and we're going to try and answer you guys down below in the comments section. So without further ado, let's get into it. First off, let's take a look at how COVID has affected your guys' business. I know we've got a lot to talk about, but let's start with COVID. Um, How it's affected your business. What were some of the biggest changes you had to implement this last year? Let's start with Ed. Um, As far as COVID, I didn't feel uh, a big pinch like most shops. Um, I I actually had an increase in in traffic. Um, I did have to put a you know, one of those plastic divider things, provide masks, that sort of thing, clean, clean a little bit more often. (laughs) But uh, as far as COVID, I didn't, I didn't feel any, any impact. What about you, Jonathan? Yeah, we uh, saw a pretty big impact. Um, We had been opened, uh, I guess, about a year and a half um, when things really hit hard here. Uh, being a new, new shop and doing a lot of marketing, we were really seeing kind of an aggressive growth um, at that time. And then it was like somebody turned off the faucet. Um, yes. North Carolina was pretty aggressive <laughs> in uh, locking down here. And um, even though we were deemed an essential business, um, it really took a lot of work to get clients to know that we were here, we were open and that we could help them. Um, so, you know, we really just kind of, as soon as things got locked down, I mean, our phones stopped ringing, people stopped coming in, cars stopped showing up. Um, it was pretty scary and rapid, uh, aggressive change and, and took quite some work to get through it for sure. So, so what were some of the changes you, you made? 
Um, so we moved really fast. Um, <clears throat> as soon as we knew that there was a lockdown and uh, that we were going to be deemed an essential business, our first step was to immediately start to let our clients know that we were here, we were open. And then actually we came up with this new kind of idea that this was a wonderful time to get your car in and get the work done that you had been delaying, you know, putting off. So, you know, like we see with in normal times, you know, people are using their car. And so the thought of giving up their car, you know, to come get a big service done or, you know, maybe that repair they've been putting off um, could be kind of hard for them. But, you know, we kind of went with the message of, hey, you're stuck at home, you know, you're working from home now, what a great time to safely get your car to us. Um, you know, we have all these safety standards in place and uh, we can take care of you and your car um, still. And it's a good time to kind of leave your car with us, you know, whether it's the performance upgrade you've been wanting to do or that kind of, you know, deferred large maintenance or repair. Um, so really getting that message out through social media, um, through direct messaging to our clients um, and uh, some signage and things was really important for us for sure. Did you, did you get a dip in? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we were seeing um, probably five to seven, sometimes even 10% growth month after month um, being a new shop and really kind of pushing our marketing and, and um, you know, seeing that growth. Um, and we saw probably a pretty sudden 25, 30% reduction um, in sales. Um, it probably took us three weeks um, to really be able to kind of get back on track, but it was scary there for a minute. You know, we, we were seeing, we went from seeing, you know, 60 to 80 phone calls a day, you know, down to, um, you know, a handful of phone calls a day there for a little bit. So it was, uh, it was certainly kind of shocking and, and amazing how, when you see that rapid of a change, it's just amazing how quickly that affects your business. You know, we, we run with good reserves and backups and, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at your account and you're going, man, you know, one more payroll and we're in a lot of trouble here. So it's kind of amazing to see that quick drastic change. Yeah. So, so Ed, did you, did you guys do anything different with your marketing? Um, I, I have little to no marketing, believe it or not. Um, just, I've got uh, repeat business uh, Google brings in business and I've got uh, word of mouth. Well, it's, it's according to my, what I track in, in tech metric. Um, I've got uh, repeat business, uh, my regular customers um, and uh, Google. Those are the only ones that come in hmm. for the most part. Very little on Facebook, very little on Nextdoor, very little on Yelp. Actually, I'd rather not talk about Yelp. <laughs> They, I hate them so badly. I, I, they, every time they call, it's like they they send the mafia after you. Mm-hmm. So so with this with with COVID, we've had to make some some changes ourselves. But I, I want to know. Um, I mean, obviously, it feels like the worst is over. We got through the first bit of this. Um, we've got vaccines that are coming out now um, and getting distributed. What do you guys think? the long-term effects of this, of, of this um, pandemic are going to be for your shop or even for the industry? I'll, uh, I'll kick that off. Um, one of the things that has happened be- due to COVID is that people are, a lot more people are working from home. And so there's a lot of telecommuting going on uh, for jobs. And I think people are driving their cars less uh, uh, in the shops that have been uh, affected, uh, some shops, you know, they had that 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 dip for a couple three weeks, maybe a month, and then, you know, with their marketing, going after their own customer base, letting them know, 
uh, hey, we're open, we're here, everything's okay. And then also reaching out to, to potential new customers. Uh, most of the shops that we work with actually increased this year. To, so 2020 increased over 2019, uh, even with the substantial dip. By like but I 30% think this, I, too. But I think this idea that the shops that were more affected, one of the things that they're talking about is my customers aren't driving. So, you know, I'm calling them six, eight months later, and they've only got a thousand miles on their vehicle. They're not, they're not putting, you know, 10,000 miles on their vehicle every six months. Um, And I think it's important to uh, let our clients know that it's not, it's not about a 3000 mile service or a 6,000 mile service. It's about maintaining the car. And part of that is bringing that car in at least every six months, just for an inspection. And there is wear and tear on the car sitting. Uh, my wife's got, uh, I bought my wife a, uh, a Lexus, um, whatever it is, um, the hybrid, uh, about a year and a half ago. The car has about 2,000 miles on it after almost two years now. And, uh, you know, to me, that worries me as uh, be, being a, a, an ex-mechanic technician, that worries me more than driving the car, the fact that it's it's just sitting there a lot. And um, I think we as shop owners need to be telling our clients, you know, hey, even though you're not driving that vehicle, that's very tough on a vehicle. I need to see that thing about every six months. So let's get you scheduled anyway. Yeah. Um, it's it's a message that I think we need to be talking about. We need to go from that, you know, 3,000 mile oil change, 5,000 mile service schedule to bring the car in twice a year, maintain the car or three times a year, depending on, you know, your driving habits. Um, and let us tell you, inspect the car and tell you what it needs. That This is a shift, I think, that really needs to happen in our industry to go away from, Hey, it's time for your oil change to it's really time to get the car inspected and see where we're at with it. I think I'm in a unique position because I'm in a small town and in Arizona, you have to drive any to, to get anywhere. You have to drive a bit, especially in my, my town, you have to drive 35 minutes just to go uh, shopping or go to home Depot, that sort of thing. You don't have a home Depot. We're a small town. And it's growing. Um, a lot of the people who are working from home are bringing the cars uh, and they tell me that they're, they want to make sure the car's ready in case, you know, the worst gets worse. You know, so that's I don't know if that's a bad thing, but for me, it's a good thing. I think if we can, if we can help our customers understand that it's more about maintaining the car and that, that, that I don't think the driving habit that will have changed. I don't think we go back to pre-COVID in, in our industry. I think there's still going to be a lot of people working from home. It's better for the company, better for the individual. And if they get the work done, who cares? We, we do it here in, in, in our, at the Institute. But I think that um, if, it, if you're relying on that person to go 3,000 miles to get their oil change, then it's going to be tough on your business. And, and so I see, I see Jonathan shaking his head. What, what do you yeah. think, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. You know, we um, are really close to downtown Charlotte here, you know, so we see, you know, truly kind of, I mean, not even suburban, kind of an urban um, environment. Um, And, you know, a large number of our clients are working from home. Um, You know, most of my friends that I know that are um, professionals are working from home and, and probably, like you said, for the foreseeable future, you know, they see a lot of kind of failures at trying to go back to work. You know, I've seen a lot of these offices try to reopen, get everybody back, and then they have an outbreak. And so I think that certainly they've, 
there's kind of this thought process of, hey, let's have people work from home for the long term. And so, you know, we've seen that same thing with cars. You know, you call somebody up and, you know, we have some marketing things that kind of follow people and say, hey, you're due for your uh, mileage based on your normal use. And everybody's saying the same thing. Hey, I've only got a thousand miles on my car. So we have kind of changed that messaging to say, hey, you know, based on timing, you need to bring your car in to have it looked at. And then we've even changed some of the things we're looking uh, for. And I think that this will be important over the next year or two as cars, you know, are aging where they're sitting in the driveway and not, you know, being driven as much. And so, you know, maybe you're not looking at tire wear now as much as you're looking at dry rod and dates. Um, you know, we found a lot of that of tires that we've had to replace in the last few months because of dry rot or um, dates. Um, we're seeing failures of rubber parts and plastic parts, you know, from sitting, um, you know, radiator, um, res- you know, reserve um, containers, hoses, those sort of things kind of failing. So we changed a little bit of how we're even inspecting a car. But, you know, I agree 100 percent that, uh, you know, continue to encourage people that, hey, even if your car's sitting, you want it to be ready and safe for you when you're ready to use it. And so, you know, bring it in for us to look at it and, and make sure that we're doing maintenance based on time and not just mileage. Is certainly would, gonna be- I think it would be interesting right now to, to send something out to our, you know, your clients saying, hey, you know, the, there's a shift, COVID, people are working from home, driving less. Here are the things you need to look look out for. Yeah. And uh, here's here's a way to help combat that, like batteries. We're seeing, I believe, from the shops I've talked to, we're seeing more batteries go bad, mm-hmm. um, especially on, like, the hybrids and stuff. And if they're not driven, then the batteries are going to, they're going to take a beating. So we need to be telling our customers, look, maybe you don't, drive to work anymore, but you need to take that car out at least once a week and put some miles on it and, you know, make sure the battery gets charged up and, and the electrical system is working properly. And then uh, we need to get it in. And these are the things that we're going to look at that, that are a little different than we used to look at. Things have changed, right? And and I think at least it gives you the ability to have some messaging to your clients. That's, it's legitimate messaging. I mean, it's good stuff. So that's what I think. I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, oh man, if we did this and we could send it to our clients, that would be really great, right? You know, hey, things are changing. So, um, so what do you think about, um, because we often talk about doing an oil service instead of an oil change, you know, having some kind of like a, a service where we can inspect the vehicle, we can do some more work, um, uh, find some more things and, and take care of the vehicle. How is that going to change? You know, are we going to have like a different kind of service that we do because these cars aren't being driven as much? They're They've got different types of wear and tear that we're going to be having to look at. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't think so because to me, you get a car in, you do a, a thorough inspection on it. And, and we use tech metric, which we do DVIs right mm-hmm. now. And my guys, when the, every uh, first time customer gets a complete inspection and then like Cecil was saying, as far as if that's marketing to go ahead and, and look at their car, they can only afford three things. Then the other four things, we schedule them in for next week to make sure they're maintaining their cars. And then, you know, down the road, come back in that sort of thing. And I overlook one of my uh, marketing. I do use my shop manager for follow-ups and that, that helps too uh, with, with getting my, my customers in. There's a natural progression that's been happening for a long time uh, in our industry and in that, you know, cars, you used to put uh, brakes on cars at 15, 20,000 miles. Now you've got vehicles that go 40, 50,000 miles, don't need brakes. And when you start talking about electric cars with their, um, what do they call it? Uh, the braking system. It's not, it, it's done through the transmission. What is it? 
regenerative braking, I guess. Yeah, it's it's not even you don't even use your brakes. I mean, it's literally your transmission that's stopping your car, slowing your car down, um, or whatever that system is that they they have on there. Um, so there's a change. The, the vehicles are are always changing. We have to adapt. I think I, even. 15 years ago, we were trying to go away from the oil change and even the oil service to maintain the car. I used to, you know, in the 60s, you needed to get your car and get your oil changed because your engine at 80,000 miles was going to blow up. But nowadays, you know, these cars, if they're maintained and taken care of, they can last 300, 400, 500,000 miles. And uh, and so it's a different automobile we're dealing with. And that that's just a, you know, that I, COVID had nothing to do with that. Uh, the government that we now have may have something to do with that. The the necessity to get rid of gas and pollution or, you know, uh, carbon emissions uh, is going to change our industry uh, in the future. And we need to be able to shift with that as that shift happens. Sure. I think one thing that um, we're trying to prepare for, you know, too, with the car use is, you know, people now feel like uh, personal transportation in their vehicle is one of the safest forms of transportation, you know, and so we may see that for the foreseeable future where people are not using Uber, they're not using Lyft, they're not flying um, as much. And so as we get into spring and summer, um, we may see kind of a lot of increased use actually of personal vehicles um, and, and may kind of prepare for that and kind of get hit hard. It might be a great time for marketing too, to kind of, hey, your car's been sitting in your driveway for a year before you go on that summer or spring trip, you know, we're, we're here for you. I think that's another uh, thing that has kind of changed generationally. In my generation, you know, you drove your car to and from work. You didn't take vacations. You didn't go in the mountains necessarily and every weekend and go do something. And we've got whole shops now that are focusing on, say, Subaru customers who are driving their cars every weekend. They're going up the mountains so they can, you know, mountain climb or, or uh, hike or, you know, whatever that is. And I think generationally we see a change. Uh, I think younger generation is more apt to use their vehicle in, in that way uh, than, say, my generation was. And, and so we see different usage for the vehicle and, and maybe even different vehicles that we want to work on because those are the ones being used the most and, and you know, have the most opportunity for us. One thing, one thing I want to ask before we move on. Um, so we've kind of talked about marketing and how marketing has changed the, the kind of customers we're trying to attract or how you're marketing, Jonathan, you, you talked about that. Um, we've talked about how servicing our vehicles is, is going to change, uh, how we're going to shift. One thing I want to talk about is how being an employer is going to change for the future, because that's a big deal. I mean, even today we had a, we had one of our employees text in and say, Hey, you know, my, my daughter has COVID. So I'm on lockdown. And so, you know, that, that has changed quite a lot. What happens when a technician can't come in for two weeks or, you know, three weeks, what, what does that look like? And how, how do, how do you guys think that's going to impact the industry in the long run? It's uh, you know, it's given us quite a focus on safety around our shop. You know, we, we've had a lot of cases of uh, COVID in the Metro Charlotte area and, um, kind of from the beginning, you know, we really focused on being safe in our shop because we're a small shop. You know, we've got three technicians, four bays, two people up front. And, you know, any one of those people going out for two weeks um, is going to be a huge detriment, you know, to our shop and running. And so, you know, we focused on, you know, social distancing as much as possible and, you know, making sure that everybody felt safe um, and that they also felt safe to alert us if they were feeling sick or had an exposure. 
um, you know, knowing that they, uh, that their job was safe, um, you know, if they reported something like that to us um, and that we'd work with them to kind of make the best decision. And then I think just, you know, also with portraying safety to clients um, has been big, you know, there's um, in our industry. And I think, um, you know, certainly in our shop, there's a huge variety of opinion of what COVID's all about and what's safe, what's not safe, what do I need to do, whether I'm anti-mask or pro-mask and all that sort of thing. And how do we get the whole team together on just showing, hey, we're a safe place. You can come in here, you know, that we're going to be wearing masks for your safety. You know, we're going to um, kind of respect your opinions on the matter um, and provide kind of the safest environment. And so we've had to spend a lot of time and education on, you know, kind of regardless of what we personally believe, you know, how do we portray that to the customer so they feel safe coming in, you know, as well. Yeah, it, there's there's definitely a liability, whatever your your views on it are, there's a liability there in case anybody does have COVID. And um, if a customer gets COVID and it happens to be from one of your guys and I, yeah, uh, Ed, what, what, what do you think? Well, we, I had both my techs go down for COVID. Not at the same time. Um, the first one, his wife, uh, someone at her job was tested positive. So him and his wife went and he turned up negative. She turned positive. And so I told him, or actually vice versa, he was positive. She was negative. Um, so I had him. Uh, stay home until he get another test. And then I went and got a test. I was negative and my other guy had him go. And then two months later, he he got sick, told him to go get tested. He got tested. He was negative. But again, in, in the meantime, he was down. Um, I did pay him his salary for COVID because the government will go ahead and subsidize that. But um, interestingly enough, he didn't have it. But so he, he returned to work after he had uh, a negative COVID test. I actually have not purchased uh, COVID tests. You can purchase them now, the 15 minute tests for I have 20 for like 700 bucks. And I have shops that are purchasing those packs and having them there to be able to test in case, you know, go test, get tested. You don't have to send them out now. You can actually test them at work, test them at home, whatever. Um, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, um, um, We'll post it in uh, on our Facebook, and we'll post it in in uh, gear. I think I posted it in gear yesterday, but but um, there are test packs that you can now purchase and have there at your shop. They're fifteen minute tests, uh, so you can tell if somebody's got it or, or not not got it. And imagine talking about this, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, you know, uh, testing uh, people. I think one of the one of the key things is that you know it's there's not. If, if I've got two or three techs and one of them gets COVID, I've lost a third of my or even half of my workforce. And I have shops. I don't know too many shops that at least didn't have somebody who had somebody that got COVID where we had to send them home at least for three or four days until they test, you know, tested negative before they could come back to work. I think the, I think it has certainly affected lots of shops. And I don't know what you do because I only have a certain amount of bodies here to do the work. You know, yeah. you just, luckily I think customers are pretty forgiving right now uh, as far as, Hey, I'm sorry, but my, one of my people has COVID. So your car that you left today, you may not get back for a couple of days. I, I think customers are more apt to be sympathetic about that. I wonder they, if there's. I've also purchased a, uh, I, I did purchase a, an Ozium machine. 
is what they use to take out smell, and that takes off uh, viruses as well. It takes about 99.9%, so it says. And I run it in my office, you know, once a week, turn it on to to kind of disinfect it that way. Because I was was using the Lysol and and the sprays, and they're caustic, and they were causing me uh, uh, to cough and, 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 you know, making me ill. So I went with they're also three times more expensive than they were a year ago. So if you can find you know, they actually have Holy new. Crap. They have uh, things you can add into your your filtrate your air filtration systems that are like UV, um, where they they clean the air with UV and stuff, and you can just kind of attach it right. to your your HVAC systems and stuff. But um, wh- one thing I want to ask, and I was just thinking, you know, you'd said, well, my guy was out. The government's going to subsidize that. But I mean, how one, yes, that might be beneficial if you guys survive long enough, because there's some shops out there. I mean, if they're, if they're down a guy, it's, it's going to be detrimental and, and they're going to be, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it the next month, but if they somehow make it to the next month, um, I mean, how much is the government going to subsidize and, and how is the government going to pay for that? So down the road. That's a, so that, that's a real lesson for us. You know, as, as a consultant and a coach, I've been telling my clients over and over and over, you need 90 days worth of operating capital in the bank. And, and you need to open a savings account and you need to put money in there that is only for emergency. An emergency is not, I want a new truck. It is an emergency. And, and that, even today, while things are tough, I still would say open a bank account and put hundred bucks a weekend, or if you can't do a hundred, put 50, you, you will be surprised at how quickly that adds up. You need to have those reserves. Even during the tough time you need, especially now you need to, uh, when, when you have a great month, you need to be putting some of that money aside. Um, and that to me, you know, that's just a solid business principle. All, all your, all, all year round, make sure that you have some savings that, and I would tell you three months worth of operating capital. If you've got three months worth, you know, like right now we have three months worth of operating capital sitting in the bank. I'm feeling pretty good. But, you know, a couple months ago we didn't. I wasn't feeling very good. It's a lot of stress when, you know, you're looking at that one more payroll and we're at the end of our rope, right? You know, that's a hugely stress. And that's a leading killer of, of, uh, of uh, adults. Men, for sure, is that stress thing. So you got to watch that. Out. You got to watch out for that. Um, I, I wanted to follow through with what you were saying, Ken, and, and that is, so Ed, how easy is it to get the government to go ahead and send you a check for what you paid out? How did, how did that work? Well, they supposed to uh, supplement your taxes, so to speak. You get it back in your taxes. Ah. It's not, they don't send, they don't cut a check and send it to you. So um, I get to wait for the, till the, till the end of next year to maybe get it back. I don't know. Right. Man. Right. But you know what? I, I, I look at it differently because right now, my, uh, because my guy was down, my focus was on him. I need to take care of him. Absolutely. So I, I, I'd have to take the hit. If I get it next while I get it. That, I'm, but I grew up in the generation. It was just uh, quit crying and get back to work. I don't care how you feel. So that's a little tougher for me. <laughs> I mean, I think that's been a change. You know, I think that we probably see that a lot in, in the people we recruit, you know, we hire these kind of driven, hardworking, you know, people yeah. that want to succeed with everybody else, you know, want to be part of the team. And so 
you know, we spend a lot of time going, Hey man, if you feel sick, like, let us know. This isn't typical. Like, Oh, I stay home. home. This ain't like, yeah. To keep rinsing away, you know? So it's not like I, 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 we can't afford the liability. Yeah. It's a culture change a little bit, right? Yeah, really. I think it is. And I think, I think maybe it's a good thing for the whole population that we start to think more about the individual and maybe a little less about, you know, the result. Uh, I think if we take care of our, our people, we'll get the results we want. It's kind of more drastic now. It used to be, you know, if you, if you couldn't stick with it, then I can always replace you. And now it's like, if I can't take care of my, if I can't take care of my, my employees, then I don't have a business. But that's kind of shifted too. The stakes, the stakes are a lot higher now. That that's shifted because I used to have, I, I used to could run an ad for a technician. I have 20 guys answer the ad. Now you've got, 20 guys, but none of them have ever worked on a car. I mean, there's no qualified <laughs> people. So, you know, it, it's really strange, you know, in the business today that, you know, you run an ad for three months, you get nothing. And then one day you get five hits, but it's, it's not like it used to be where you had people lined up. You need, you need to take care of your team and, and build a really solid team. And, and then you don't have to worry about it. I think it's really important in our businesses uh, for the long-term survival that we're we're really taking care of the individuals on our team. And that also means making, earning a, a decent living. So now we could talk about, you know, why don't we raise our labor rates so we can pay our technicians more in our services. Every, hey, man, hey, man, everybody else there is raising their, their costs right now. For Have everybody. you guys watched the, the cost of uh, like fast food? Um, I used to drive through, like, I, I eat lunch out a lot, and I used to drive through somewhere, Burger King, whatever. It was like six bucks. I went through Burger King yesterday just kind of in a hurry. It was $12. I mean, it's 50% more at, at any, any restaurant today. And I don't blame them. I mean, they've had to do that. But we, I don't think we have kept up with that in our, our industry. We, we need to be able to pay our technicians and our service advisors well so that they can have a decent living. Um, everyone's raising their rates. I mean, uh, I think the the shops ought to do the same. Yeah. Of course, I've been saying that for 30 years. So. <laughs> we, we see a lot of other uh, professional industries doing that for sure. You know, last time you call out a plumber or we just had a couple of fireplaces fixed in our house. And I mean, I was amazed that I was there for 45 minutes and, you know, left me with a bill for 250 bucks, you know, and, yeah, made that and say, man, that was a that's a pretty good rate fee rate yeah. <laughs> for forty five minutes. So if you if you that's three hundred bucks an hour or more, right? And and here I am, I've got this building with racks and you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment and liability, and and we're one hundred thirty bucks an hour. Right. Um, I have guys that are approaching and and over two hundred, but they're mainly in big city areas. I would say that the. the the industry itself is somewhere between about 120 and 130 as a as a whole, and we really should be 180 to 220. I mean, we that's where we we should be. Um, and I'll we just look skilled. I mean, how skilled our technicians are now. I mean, you know, they have to be computer scientists and you know be able to turn a wrench and, and do a complex repair on a complex car. So. Yeah, I used, to be, I used to be able to take cars apart and put them back together. And I'll tell you what, I don't think I'm smart enough today to be working on today's cars. I just don't think I got the brain power for that. So, so I, I was I applaud our guys. I always talk about the fact um, just just looking at aftermarket education, just meaning like after. Um, your, your regular training. So if you look at the medical field, they do six to eight years, they get their, their doctorate. 
And then all the training after that. So once they're actually practicing, um, they spend, let's say right here, I don't know the exact numbers. And then you take the automotive aftermarket. So after you've got, you know, you're certified and you're actually practicing and you're servicing vehicles, the training that you do for a technician. And if you compare those two industries, there's the medical industry and then there is the automotive industry. And then the next industry, it's about a 27% jump below. So we are spending an unbelievable amount on aftermarket training. That's because we've got new vehicles coming out, new systems, new technology that we have to learn in order to even do our jobs. And yet we still don't charge what we should charge. And I, I think that's a lack of education in the management or in the business side of the business. And of course I would say that because that's what I do. That's what we do. <laughs> but I think, I think when people better understand their business and the financial aspects and the, all of that, that they're more likely to move things up yeah. because they understand I got to have that three months worth of operating capital. I have to be able to pay my people. We need benefits. I mean, you can't even, if you're not, if you're not providing medical and some kind of a 401k or retirement plan, you're, there are shops out there that are actually supplying all those things and they're more likely to get the best guys. So yeah. it, it, that's a change in our industry. I think um, because there is a, this lack of technicians, they're not, we, According to people I trust, um, there, there is about 75,000 new technicians coming in our industry every year. The problem is, is that 10 years ago when we were getting 75,000, we were keeping a majority of them. And today we're not keeping them. So out of 75,000, maybe 5,000 stay and the other 70 go work somewhere else. Because, you know, when you bring this new guy in, we're just not, we're just not paying enough right from the start to, to, you know, spend two years to four years with this guy to make him a master technician or make her a master technician. You, it, it, our world is changing and we better figure it out. We need to become more professionalized in our, in our industry. We have to, I mean, I think those are great points, Cecil. I mean, I think that, you know, we have to look at the quality of life that we're providing for our employees, you know, as owners and leaders in this, you know, okay, we want people to come into this field. We want people to stay in this field. We understand that it takes a very high level person to be able to function in this field at this point. And so how do we create the job that looks and feels like that overall, you know? And so, you know, if I go work for Bank of America in downtown Charlotte, what's that job going to look like for me? How much vacation am I going to get? What kind of perks am I going to get? And how do I recreate that in my shop? And then like you always talk about, how do we back calculate? Well, how much do I have to charge um, and what kind of clients and cars do I need to be able to provide that for my employees so that they can have that kind of, you know, lifestyle and benefits and we can have the whole package, you know. And I think as, as, <clears throat> as more shops and shop owners, you know, we're seeing younger guys um, like yourself, uh, you know, in the industry, uh, they're younger shop owners than they were. Uh, and I think as they come in, we're starting to see that happen. But I think we need to make some leaps and bounds here. Because when you, when you talk about... And, and now would be a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, when you talk about the future with, you know, electric cars, new systems, um, you know, everything that's coming out and the need to, to stay up with that technical education, the need to stay up with the business education, in my opinion, is, is just as important so that we do understand what we have to do in order to provide the best environment for our staff and, and real lives. I don't think when I started working on cars in the late seventies, you, you know, they didn't care. 
And there was enough guys to go around that it was like, you know, here's what you get paid and take it or leave it. But it, it's not like that today. Today's, if you find a good technician, that guy could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars every year to your business. And that's after you pay him. So make sure you pay him well, right? With that, I'm going to take, we're going to take just a short break here. I want to thank those of you who who are listening to this. Again, if you hear something that's inspiring or you learn something new, please like, share, and comment on this. Uh, and subscribe so you guys can keep up to date on the new content that we're posting. Um, in lieu of this conversation, the, the topics that we're talking about, maybe raising your um, your income a little bit, we actually have a free uh, course that we're offering right now. You can go check it out on our website. It's completely free. It comes with a workbook. It's the five top things you can do to increase your profits and your bottom line. They're incredibly simple and we give you a step-by-step on how to implement them. And you guys can go check it out. We'll provide a link for that. Um, I want to let you guys know about a course coming out called the Down and Dirty of Management. It's coming out on February 19th. That's our TBD right now. It's a course that myself and my dad are working on together. So it's been such a headache. No, it's it's been really a fun class to write together so, with my dad. <laughs> so it might be February 25th or 27th because <laughs> we're still fighting about a couple things. Well, you're both um, making the release. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, last, Lex has asked me to talk about our Jumpstart program. It's something that we're going to be doing in the near future. You guys can apply for that. It's going to be six months of free consulting. We're going to do a business evaluation for you. You're going to do a business plan, six months of consulting. Um, and the whole point of doing this is we're going to create a YouTube series out of it so that we can share your shop's transformation, all the steps we took, everything that we're doing with you guys, why we're doing it, so that those out there who may not have the ability to get consulting can at least follow along with that shop and see where they align and how they can improve. Um, and lastly, you guys can get a ton of awesome content and information on gearforshops.com. A lot of free stuff on there, a lot of paid stuff. And we would love it if you would pay for that stuff. That'd be great. But if not, you can go check out our free content. All right, that's it for the ad break. And let's get back to this. So we had talked Hang about- on, I, I oh, got to add, okay. for, the, for the program, we're looking for two shops. There'll be no charge. So it's uh, all we got to do is film you and you got to let us uh, put you on and, and show people all what's going on. So there's no cost, uh, six months worth of me for no cost. That's, that's big. So, so. And apply. access to all of the Institute's resources that we have. Like, yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, we've been talking about COVID. We've been talking about the negative effects. I want to just briefly, before we move on to some of the other topics I had on this list, um, what were some of the positive things that happened because of COVID? I know it's weird to think about it in that terms, but was there some good stuff that happened for you guys? PPP money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> PPP, that was one of the benefits that I had yeah. received. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, that was a great opportunity to be able to have that influx of cash um, and then, you know, really be encouraged. And the benefits come from using it on your team, you know, and so or on your shop. Um, so that was that was an awesome opportunity to kind of look around and go, hey, what do we need to make this shop run better and have our employees more happy and safe and sound? So. I think also um, there's an opportunity here to look at what's going on, what's happening, what's, you know, what potentially will happen and make some adjustments in your business. And I think that's a benefit. Anything that there was a real shakeup. And I think, I think you need that every once in a while. So you look at what you're spending and where you're spending it and, and you go, okay, maybe I shouldn't spend this here. You know, I know I cut back on, on my spending um, and, uh, and, and I think it's a, 
I think that was a blessing kind of in disguise is that a lot of businesses stopped for a minute and went, oh, wait a minute. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, as Jonathan said, I mean, it was kind of scary for the first, you know, three weeks or so. Um, and, uh, and, and really kind of reevaluate my position for my business and, and within the industry and what we charge and all of those things. That's stuff that we should be doing every year anyway. But I think for some people, they've just been going on for year after year without, you know, oh, it, it runs. It's okay. I make, I make enough money. And, and all of a sudden we had to go, wait a minute, you know, what's, what can we do? Right. Uh, I think that, I think that was an opportunity. And I think another neat opportunity was um, just the chance to kind of put your head up, open your eyes and look around and go, hey, what are our clients looking for and how do we advertise to that? You know, and so cleanliness was one thing we talked about. We have a super clean, polished shop. And so our opportunity to show that off of, hey, this is a clean place for you to come in and have your car serviced. Um, but I think, you know, like you were saying, Cecil, I, I, you know, we have a tendency to just kind of get in a rut of, hey, this is how I advertise. These are the ads I'm going to run. But, you know, every six months, we probably should take a look around and go, hey, what's important to people right now? What are our clients looking at? What are they reading? What are they thinking about? You know, what's important to them? And then how do we kind of advertise to that? And I think I think that also um, looking at the kind of clients that I want, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe the guy that's driving that, uh, you know, uh, 20 year old Kia is not the guy I want in my shop because he's not going to make me profitable. And, and right now he's not spending anything. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think that every shop should be doing this routinely and at least once a year should really take a serious look. And I would tell you about once a quarter, you take a look at what you're doing and, and reevaluate and, and make adjustments. Um, our business is changing faster now than it's ever changed. And it's going to continue to pick up speed with technology and, and everything else. And, you know, we just, as owners and, and leaders and people that should really take our business into the future, we need to stop every once in a while and take a look and say, okay, where are we and, and what's changing around us? Do you guys, do you guys think that it may have leveled the playing field? Technology has, I think, and what's out there for, for, the independence versus dealers or independence versus other independents um, or just starting out. There's so much more technology out there uh, to help you, to help you do it, uh, to run your business. I and and I, I would agree. I would agree hundred percent. I think that the changes that have happened in our industry uh, uh, level the playing field more and more every day. Um, I think what Kent was maybe asking is, did we lose some of the lower end shops? And the answer is, yeah, I think we did. And I think that as we move forward, those people that don't really run their business well, they're going to disappear because it's going to be more and more important to be good at running your business as opposed to good at fixing a car. And you need to have people in your business that can fix cars. I'm not taking, I'm not taking away from that, but you need to be good at running your business as as it becomes more and more sophisticated, complicated, et cetera. The, the other thing I was gonna, kind of pointing at is that <clears throat> maybe you're one of the smaller shops. You were able to adjust a lot quicker than some of these bigger you know, dealerships and stuff like that. So um, just kind of putting a, a full stop on everybody kind of has allowed a more level playing field where everybody can get, the, now we're all at the same starting line, if that, if that makes sense. 
I don't know that I see it that way. I think this is a battle and it's a, it's like a battle Royale. I mean, you got 28 wrestlers in the, in the ring and, and people are getting thrown out and, you know, the guys that know how to, how to wrestle that, that are smart, that, that take advantage of the ones that are going to stay in the ring. Um, I, I see our industry as kind of a, a field of gladiators and the, the guys that are on it and on it all the time, you know, the best marketers, the best business people, the best, at fixing the car, the best at making sure that the customers are happy and satisfied are the ones that are going to stay in the field and the rest are going to disappear. And I see that more and more important as time goes by COVID or non COVID doesn't matter. You know, we continue to have a more and more educated consumer, right? And so consumers know now what they're looking for and how to search and find, you know, the type of shop or, you know, whether it's a hair salon or a automotive shop, you know, they, they know how to do their research and figure out where they want to go. And, and obviously now, I mean, I think clients have more time to be able to do that research now, you know, whether they're working from home or they just have less vacations. And so, you know, we see a very educated consumer coming into our shop that has spent a lot of time. They've read our reviews. They've you know, looked at our website and, you know, we're hearing a lot more of that kind of post COVID than we did before. Um, so I think it's, again, just an opportunity to kind of adapt and grow with that to kind of realize that as technology changes, as consumers change, you know, to kind of, it's, it's our job as leaders to stay ahead of it. Your, your website's becoming more important now. I think, I think people are, are moving away from social media just because mm-hmm. it's so caustic right now. I mean, even myself in December, I got rid of all the social media on my phone. I was like, I don't need this. It's too much stress, you know, but I've, I've even seen in the marketing space and stuff, a lot of people are just moving away from say Facebook and you're, that kind of means that, you know, people are, are being more intent, intended, intentful. That's sure. That's a word uh, on, on doing their due diligence, you know, looking at your website, seeing who they're working with, spending more time instead of just like, Hey Google, where can I go? It's a, you know what? I have some time now. I might want to look and see who who's out there, who's who's going to give me some value. I want to make sure my money is well spent. So I'm looking, doing my research. Um, but I think you're going to see an importance of website increase. And I think this year. Go ahead. Okay. okay. The, as, as the uh, technology has helped us and level the playing field for us, it's done exactly the same for, for the consumer. Mm-hmm. Level the playing field as, as to you know, who, who should we go to? Who should we see? And so they've got more at their disposal as well. So we need to do a better job at, at, at making sure we're, we're taking care of the customer because if you don't, it'll show up on some uh, social media place. And I think that that really speaks to the idea that we need to be very, very mindful of what we're doing uh, of our clients and, and what we're doing for them and making sure that we are the best choice. Again, it's back to that battlefield. You know, I want to have the best weapons. I want to be, you know, I want to look the best, feel the best, and and so that people bet on me. And I think the consumer, having a, a more knowledgeable consumer is not bad for us because I think that that also means that the consumer understands that the cheapest guy out there is not the best option. It's it's really got to be the package. The, total, the good consumer is looking for the total package. Yeah. So like it can uh, brought value because I think that, you know, this is an important time where we really have made sure that we put together a valuable package, you know, for our clients. And I think that, you know, clients are being a little more careful with their spending now, you know, that they maybe don't have as, as much discretionary income or just because of the COVID shock, you know, like we saw as shop owners, they, 
um, are a little more careful in the way they spend. And so I think being able to portray that value, you know, hey, we're not the cheapest, but we definitely are going to give you the best experience and the best value for your dollar. And I think that that kind of resonates with our clients right now, for sure. And I, I think no matter what, there's there's segments of the population. There's the guys or, or gals that are still going to want to find the cheapest shop and that's okay, but that's not me. You know, we are the best value. We are the whole package. You know, there are lots of yeah. consulting companies out there and I'm pretty sure there's guys that are a lot cheaper than we are as far as the consulting goes, but we're the package, right? We, we get the most benefit to our clients. They have the biggest results from what we do. Um, and that, those, that's the messaging that I need to continue to work with in my social media, in my um, uh, Google, Facebook, whatever I'm doing in my marketing. So, so we had another, um, we had two more things I wanted to get into, but we're, we're running uh, a little low on time. So I want to shift a little bit and talk about what do you, what are you guys doing to prepare uh, for this next year, what are some of the things you're engaging? I mean, even just to look at education, education has changed. There's uh, in my in my personal, you know, what I believe is there's there's somewhat of an oversaturation of education in the market now. People who weren't doing training are now doing training. Companies who maybe wouldn't even stepped into training are now doing online training webinars. You know, and there is literally something you can go look at every second of the day. So how are you guys, you know, picking the types of training you're, you're, you're looking into um, just one piece of this, but really how are you guys preparing for the future? Well, tra training for us, we have training every Wednesday morning for the techs. I've, I've uh, purchased uh, our virtual Academy and also Electube. Uh, Electube, they do uh, on their own. And then our virtual Academy, I facilitate uh, every Wednesday morning for one hour. Um, I, I do the, I subscribe to gear to you guys and I do that and watch it over and over. Like a little girl watches, you know, snow, snow white. <laughs> it's just so I can, I can get it. But, um, no, that's, that's what we're doing for training. And then, um, I subscribe to a motor rage. They, they're constantly throwing, uh, little articles that, you know, jog my mind and say, Hmm, that's interesting. Let me look up some more. So that I'm, uh, you know, a little bit above the fray. Um, I, I feel I don't have to be the best. I just have to be better than the next guy. Yeah. I think continuing quality content, um, and it's hard because you're so flooded now. You accidentally click on the wrong website, and it's all you're going to see on Instagram and Facebook, you know, and and your uh, Google browser for the next six months. Um, you know, which is so which is why you should get on the network on the Gearheads network because there's no uh, spam ads there. No remarketing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, following uh, people like you guys, you know, where we know that you have a consistent message and, um, you know, that continues to grow. And then I think that, you know, you give great references for kind of other places to look for good information. Um, you know, we as well talk a lot in our shop, you know, we'll, we'll take time to go listen to a podcast and then I'll sit down and talk about it. Um, but, you know, I think that the industry is going to rapidly change. I mean, you just look at the commercials from last night and, you know, how many were focused on EVs and, and where that's headed, you know, by 2025. Um, we've got our work cut out for us, you know, to be able to prepare our shops and, and to be able to change that quickly um, and retool and be ready is going to be a huge undertaking. Um, so I think continue to, you know, listen to the people that are in the know and in the industry and, you know, try to learn not only what do I need to know, but where do I need to look and where do I need to watch um, for these changes um, is going to be more important than ever. How are you focusing where you're spending your attention? Like how, how, what's your, 
what's your delineation there where, where, you, where you go, this is something I should be looking at. This is something I shouldn't. I think you look for quality of content and consistency of content, you know? And so I think instead of just going to Google and, you know, searching, how do I recover from COVID, you know, going, <laughs> to, you know, going to gear, going to the Institute uh, page, you know, going on the Facebook page and asking, you know, other people that I know are running wonderful shops, you know, and I think continue those conversations with people that are running wonderful shops to say, Hey, how do we continue to evolve together? Um, what's working for you? What's working for your team? Um, because there's just so much, as we know, you know, this year has really shown, I mean, there's so much misinformation out there. Um, there's so much, you know, poorly bottled information out there that you could really kind of take yourself down the wrong rabbit hole. So I think it's better to find people you trust um, and be able to spend time with them of what's working for them. And then also what information can you give me that I know is trustworthy because you guys have already filtered it out. I think that that social network becomes more and more important um, because there's so much crap. You know, I, I, I don't pay a lot of attention to Facebook anymore, but there is some groups on there that, you know, there, there, there are new shop owners coming in asking questions and they have just anybody answering it. it, it you know, a guy that maybe never ran a shop is like, well, you should do this. And as a consultant that's been doing this for, you know, 43 years, it, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, you just want to reach through the, the internet and find the guy and just choke him to death because it's such bad information and 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 yet people are listening to it and watching it and and you know oh that's great i'll try lowering my labor rate to get more cars in my shop right you know and like oh my god you know please um but i think that 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 kind of says let's develop a good social network of other good shops so you know you have you have groups we run the smart groups for world pack but there are other companies that do groups where you get you know, some really good shops that are working together and you can find out what the other guys are doing that's beneficial, right? Uh, I think that becomes more more and more important, whether it's you join a group or you find a place like Gear for Shops where you can have, you know, you know you're going to get quality information there. And you know if it comes to our place and it's not quality, it's, it's not going on. So I think that becomes more and more important. We'll let you do the filtering work so I don't yeah. have to. <laughs> Ed, what do you think? Well, as, as far as it, the training and, and, and the content that you guys put out, is, I, I, I think it's the best I've found uh, for what you get. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, I've implemented two things last year, the beginning of the year. One was the course on knowing your numbers. And that, that course itself opened my eyes and, 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 and my mind to all sorts of things, of all the things I was doing wrong. And, and once I, 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 you know, started applying those things along with uh, the parts matrix, uh, and then I, I did also subscribe to, to a new uh, platform, um, I, I made an extra 103000 last year. And those are just simple, simple adjustments that I made. So thank you, guys. I, I really do appreciate uh, your course. It, and, and it was uh, just that course. And again, I keep watching that course because I still <laughs> don't have it all up here. So where I can say, OK, this is what I got to do. So and, and I've taken uh, some of the other ones and I was looking at the, the one you use of five steps. I've got four of those down the fourth, the, the fifth one I have not done. So you so, got another you got another 30,000 coming to you if you can get the fifth one in play. Right. Well, so. no, you know what? I have more than that if I can get my productivity up. Because yeah. I, I did all that, and, and it, it, believe it or not, I did that with a B 
and a C-Tech, okay? And their productivity was 42%. Oh, oh! Don't say that. It makes me nervous. Um, but but that, that I'm working on. I'm, I'm working on that uh, for this year, and and I've already turned it around. in In December and in January, we had both record months. So wonderful. We 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 work really hard because I I don't want to be second best. I want to be best. I want whatever you take your time to look at to make impact. Kent and I discuss routinely. We want impactful training where it can make a difference in your business, not just knowledge, not just information. So thank you for that. I, I greatly appreciate it. Oh, I, I second didn't mean, that. Didn't mean for this to turn into an advertisement of some kind. Well, no, I mean, you know, give credit where credit is due. And, and I, I think that the, the, the product you, you guys put out um, is second to none to me. I, I've looked for, for stuff to figure out numbers and, and, and to ways to, to better my knowledge in them because that's the only thing I felt that I was truly lacking and I'm still lacking it. Um, I've, I've been in this business a long time, held management positions. I've had 18 employees, you know, hire tough, all that fun stuff, uh, how to treat customers, customer service, but the number side of it, I've never, I never had. And until I took your course again and again, <laughs> but, uh, it's great to have that quality content to sit down with your team and review with your team, you know, so this isn't just, Jonathan or Alex coming to the team going, hey, you guys need to work harder. You need to have higher productivity, but to actually show them, hey, here's the course we took. Here's the data from the course. Um, and, and here's how it's going to work and make a difference. And I, I think we found a lot more responsiveness and receptiveness, I guess, of our team um, to those kind of changes and, and pushes when we've had kind of the backup of, you know, almost the stats that you guys have put in. So. And I think that's an, another change in our industry is that we now need to develop conversations in our companies with our employees about better business practices. And, and so that everyone is involved in the conversation and making the decision that we want to be this better business. And this is what that looks like. I think that's, I think that is, is a great opportunity for the shop owners and the businesses that get it and understand it. It's not like, Hey, go fix cars. Now you're involved in the conversation about how we should fix cars and about how we want to take care of our customers about what we should look like. And I think that gives us, um, it, it's just, I like it because people, it raises all people and it raises our performance. And I think that's what we want to be, at least in my business, that's where we want to be. So, so this is, this has kind of gone off the rails just to, just a tad, but I want to bring it back. We're in the final moments here. I, I want you guys, I want to hear from, from Ed and Jonathan, you guys, um, what's one takeaway for the future of automotive aftermarket that you can give to the listeners out there? Know your numbers. If, if you want to, if you want to succeed in this, uh, your numbers is, is, is what's going to guide you. Um, if, if you know what they are, uh, you can make and adapt to any, any situation, I would think. I mean, you know, without blaming somebody else, so to speak. Oh, it's the economy or it's this. No, it's, it's all you and, and you, you're in control of it. So. Yeah. I think um, keeping your eyes and ears open um, to what's going on and being able to adapt, you know, grow and adapt. And so I think that's just really important to our industry and COVID has been a great example of that, that we have to be aware of changes and then be able to quickly act um, to kind of adapt and, and grow as the industry changes. Awesome. Kind of roll, roll with the changes. Yeah, for sure. Roll, roll. Have to, no matter, no, yeah. It's going to, 
it's going to continue to change. It's going to be more and more rapid as time goes by, and you're going to have to become more adaptive in your in your business, which means you need that knowledge. And knowledge is more than power. Knowledge is freedom. So yeah. uh, to me, it's all about knowing what to do and knowing that it is my responsibility. And if I if I gain this knowledge, I can meet any hurdle. I can, I can do anything. I, I, I want to, I just want to say this before we, we end out, you know, with everything that's been going on, you really have to be flexible. You have to be, again, you, everybody keeps saying you got to adapt. Uh, one of the, one of the biggest things that I got to say is like, nobody's going to take care of you. Um, you really need to believe that it's going to either be you or it's going to be nothing because at some point, whatever handouts you're going to get or whatever assistance you might have, you can't rely on that. You have to rely on your own success, your own work, your own um, uh, processes. However, however you want to run your business, you need to rely on yourself. So whatever you need to do to get to that point where you're not, you know, hey, when is the next handout? When is the next, you know, how do I survive this next month? Um, who, where can I get help from? Uh, I don't know where it's going really with this. Just like you got to do it yourself, you know. There's, oppor- there's opportunity and challenge. There's always yeah. opportunity for the people that are able to see the opportunity. And I think you have to stop every once in a while and look for the opportunity because it's there if you are paying attention. Yeah. All right. And have friends like you guys that can help uh, show us the way when we need it. <laughs> thank you. All right, everybody. Those of you who are listening, I want to thank you again for spending some time with us. Thank you so much, Ed and Jonathan, for being on this podcast podcast with us. Again, those of you who are listening, if you learned something, uh, if something was inspiring or you liked it, please give us a like, share, and follow our page to see when we post new content. I'm not going to do any of the advertisements I have on my list here. (laughs) Um, I I do want to say that we have uh, our next episode on the 24th is going to be on creating accountability. It's going to be focused on how you as shop owners and managers can start to create this culture of accountability in your business. How do you get more stuff done Um, Again, you can find us, The Leading Edge, on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Podbean. You can also look at Spotify and and iTunes as well if you look for The Institute's Leading Edge. Um, Again, thank you so much for being here today. It was a wonderful topic. Uh, uh, We're likely going to have to cover more future stuff because everything's changing rapidly these days. Um, And yeah, we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank Thank you for your time, guys. This was a really good... I think this will be really good for shop owners and, and managers that watch this. So thank you so much. Great information. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you for having us. That's it for this one. This episode was brought to you by gearforshops.com and the Institute. To find more episodes or for more information about the services we provide, visit iforabe.com. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the next one.